0: yo! welcome everyone to another end of month book recap. Yes, that is indeed where I carry and go over the all the book reviews that we've done in this last couple of months, For in particular for February. I also go over the Boostergram Lounge, thanking for people who have been supporting the show using the value for value model. I have a look at what's coming up for March of 2023 and then just finish off with a little bit of value for value. And right at the start, I'm going to start off actually with a section on classics versus moderns and i seem to have this battle really between the classics versus the, the modern books and it and it kind of ebbs and flows my general predisposition is i like classical books i.e books that are a bit more older than 50 years old let's say i find that they have kind of wisdom that's endured throughout the years and that if i look at like the whole section of of modern books that i've read over the years a fair few of them have just contained a lot of Faulty information, I suppose part of that is a lot of more of them are nonfiction because uh, I'm not that into kind of sci-fi, fantasy, romantic novels of that sort. So I don't particularly read a lot of mm, modern fiction books, I guess, other than maybe like The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And I tend to get drawn more into the classics and I find more, more wisdom from them. I get greater benefit, I think. And I think this channel reflects that. I, I do tend to, to view more of them. However, this has been a complete <laughs> doozy this month because the the uh, the classics have been wiped out and it's the modern books that are running the show. So I'm going to jump into the first one that I covered here, my favorite book, which was Common as Air by Lewis Hyde. So Lewis Hyde is a modern author. This was published in the 2000 period, I believe. If I quickly jump over to here, when did it say this book was published? In 2010, yeah. And... Man, so much to take from that. Generally, uh, I, I didn't know that much about monopolies and commons and things like that before this. I'm starting to develop some stronger views and we'll hear about some of these in the Boostergram lounge from uh, Peter one of the, the supporters as well but generally I have found yeah okay a monopoly should be allowed for a period of time for a copyright of a book to incentivize someone to create something and not have their work you know stolen or or taken over by someone who's better at marketing or things like that and then the, then it should go to the Commons and that period you know seems to be 20 years maybe seems to be good. Maybe you could extend it up to an author's lifetime. But there does seem to be something a little bit wrong with the kind of rent seeking, you know, taking of other people's works and using it for your own benefit. If it was, say, your father or you owned the James Joyce estate, um, it does seem to be that it's better to, to let that get into the commons and for free use. We have this already with a lot of books um, that are in the Gutenberg project. And, you know, they hit the Commons period and they get uploaded to a um, you know kind of open source place where anyone can have access to them. It, I, th- I think it is a better idea for this to to go into the Commons. I personally do that with the podcast. I, I feel you know if people want to you know clip this, reuse this, they feel free to go ahead. Uh, and it's just there does seem to be something about this trying to capture of something that you've put out. And I I definitely feel it's if you're putting it out there for the public consumption and public use, they get to own it, essentially. (laughs) Once it's been let go, once your art has been let go, you don't have any more claims on that, I feel. And it's just weird that... You, we, for physical things that we we say, oh no, okay, that person has that, you know, that digital, that art work that's on the wall, that's now theirs. But oh no, if it's a book that's on Kindle, I still can take that away if I want at some point. Okay. Uh, the tragedy of the commons. What another thing that's great from this book is learning about the tragedy of the commons, how that conception of you know too many people taking their cows to a field, which is a commons, and then it's going to end in bad bad incentives and everyone's going to try and maximize their their cows profits i guess and then all the cows will die it's bullshit it's bullshit even the author himself who was advocating for this wished that he'd called it the tragedy of the unmanaged commons which makes a lot more sense if people are just left you know that's kind of just as common as saying uh, you know people are going to in uh, be greedy and try and you know get make the best for them you know they've got their self-interest at heart most people would agree with that you can have extras as, as and whatnot as we see people doing altruistically but it's just such a bad bad thing it, I read the original paper if you go on to episode 369 of the mere mortals podcast you can see just how how much it's uh, not only the underlying philosophy behind it is is wrong but his actual example is wrong so uh, from now on if I hear you if I, if I hear anyone say tragedy of the commons I, I might have a gentle reminder for them being like by the way did you know that that concept is essentially bs Benjamin Franklin I thought he was a pretty cool guy I've actually got some uh, hopefully biographies or something like that of Benjamin Franklin on the way because I, I never knew just how interesting a character he was and then finally, I, one thing I loved about this book was just it's great for the, the philosophical, the hypotheticals, the raising things to mind, pointing out things which he perhaps might not have thought of before. One example of this is Roosh V. I used to have quite a lot of his books and I still do of his pickup artist work and whatnot. Now he's become kind of a born again Christian and has disavowed a lot of his things and he has not made them publicly available anymore for sale or anything and whatnot the interesting thing is i think if he had the option to he would disable that from you know the kindles and whatnot now i have the physical um, physical i have downloaded the digital copies of this and they are sitting on my hard drive does he have any claims over that should he have any claims over that I would argue no, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who would argue that he does and he would if he wishes to recant on his words and take them back and actually have them physically taken back that that should be allowable. Me personally, I'm not I don't think that's that's correct and, and fair and that's how it should be treated, but you know, I'm I'm relatively new to these topics of the commons, so my views aren't fully formed, I'm not set in my ways in, in any particular case. Let's get on to the next book, which was Reality Plus by David Chalmers, David J. Chalmers, an Aussie philosopher. I actually, if you check out the book review, you will notice I forgot to talk about him as the author. I think I was, I don't know, for whatever reason, I missed that out. So I actually have my notes here so I could even um, talk about that in particular. So he was an Aussie philosopher known for formulating the hard slash easy problem of consciousness, which is his particular expertise. In a book called The Conscious Mind. Done. I'll fix that. <laughs> so, this book, yeah, look, it was okay. There's two things. I wish there was more hypotheticals of his actual interactions with virtual reality. He said he played around a lot with it during the COVID times. And I would really like to know what a philosopher would think of that. You know, will we need taxes in this virtual re- reality? What kind of governments or Mm, corporations or companies or structures are we likely to form in these places with this element of physicality taken away from it with this inability to en- enact violence for example on people although he did kind of argue that violence is real violence in there so <laughs> maybe maybe it's not that different uh, You know, how will large groups behave, will coders become gods much like we saw in the uh, metaverse book of complete a snow crash by neil stevenson you know what limits does our current body put upon the vr experiences will we be able to delve into them for eight hours a day is this possible you know there's all sorts of really cool things that i, I kind of wish he'd, he'd brought up more of and, and focus less on the philosophical side that's just me you know saying what an ideal book would have been for me and and how i would have rated it higher I gave this a 6.5 out of 10 uh, just for those interested and I gave Commoners Air an 8 out of 10 for, for that one. So, yeah, that was one thing. The other one was that I kind of came away from this going, this is the intellectual version of a reality TV show or something like that. <laughs> it's it's kind of mostly useless except for the fun of it. So, it's fun of coming up with these hypotheticals of these what-if scenarios, you know, other maybe a, a, a mid-tier one of would be like, you know, what if, uh, you know, my fingers were replaced with sausages or what if blah, 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 blah. And then there's, you know, other versions of, oh my God, did you hear what Stacy said about Greg and what Greg thinks about Lucy's outfit, that sort of thing. You know, there's so many variations and, and I definitely don't think that it actually should be looked down upon any of those it different people are attracted to different things if you love the reality tv and you get enjoyment from that i really don't think it's that different (laughs) from many philosophy type works which are you know fun hypotheticals but how much am i actually going to take away from this book and and will it apply to my real life almost nothing almost nothing if he actually had a bit more of science and data behind the virtual reality and this is how it impacts you, maybe it would make me go, oh, I I need more virtual reality in my life or I need less or I I should behave more like this when I'm in it. So many different things where I can just say, this book isn't going to impact me much at all other than just for, you know, it was a cool thing and I might reach out to David um, and, and see if I can get him on the podcast. I actually did reach out to Lewis Hyde who unfortunately was too busy, um, but maybe I'll, I'll, I'll message him again in the future and see if I can get him as well. So, there we go. Uh, Reality Plus by David Chalmers. The last one I had was The Catcher in the Rye. Don't have the actual book physically here with me. Um, geez, look, I just got to say, this is where I go. Okay, these two modern books were much better for for me than this this kind of supposed classic I'd, I'd heard of you know Catcher in the Rye from many a year ago and I never actually read it in high school or anything like that and yet when I actually came to it I was just astounded by how much I <laughs> I really disliked the main character and, and and not just my dislike of the main character I can get over that I've, I've, I've read plenty of books where I, I didn't particularly empathize with the main character or I didn't see myself in them or things like this but just his behavior was was shitty for sure. And then it was I didn't see what other people seemed to see in this, which was it's a coming age of age classic. You know, it highlighted the this this energy that was in the United States after World War II. This kind of rebellious rumbunctiousness, fighting against the system, sort of thing. I just saw none of that. He he had a great life. And things were great then, and there wasn't anything he was fighting against so I think my, my main thing that comes from this is just confusion I didn't really get why this book is a classic and I've, I've yet to see a convincing argument of of something that made me go oh yes this is indeed um, something I need to think about or it really highlights this better than anything else done before so uh, just, just my, my opinion uh, so I gave that a 3.5 out of 10 the catcher in the rye by uh, jd salinger uh, one thing that i think he did nail was about phonies was their tendency to list names <laughs> i've noticed that myself if if i had to describe someone as a phony uh, i definitely think it is this this highlighting of other people and it's almost like you need to s- to say it out loud so other people know that you're talking about them and praising them in this way uh, I, I think there is something kind of phoniness about that it when it's taken to excess of, you know, we did this and this person did this and, I, and you know, he is indisp- I just love that guy. There is something about that which I, I I find kind of a little bit phoniness. So those were the three books that I reviewed. The last on the chopping block was Atomic Habits by James Clear, which one reviewed. This was a book that I 100% would have read if it had come out five or ten years earlier, probably. Uh, that kind of self-development you know fixing your habits getting after goals things like that i've i've read enough books now of along those lines where i'm not sure there's that much to add that is completely new that being said does this mean that these books are worthless hell no there is something in the idea of a revitalization a rising of the phoenix a rehashing of a, an old concept put in a modern uh, you know casing which people will understand it seems like this book really did it for one. He gave it an eight out of ten. Uh, he is very much into these habit forming and self development and things like that. Probably more so than I am nowadays. And yeah, the, it's great that that these things exist and that um, people find it uh, amazing. My two uh, other observations was there always seems to be an acronym. He talked about the idea. I think it was the IDEE. I believe. Um, There always is an acronym. (laughs) It's so funny how there's always... uh, It's a useful tool. Maybe it helps people remember things like the SMART goals, you know, specific, measurable, blah, 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 (laughs) blah. Obviously, it doesn't work for me. So there does always seem to be an acronym. So I think if you're writing a self-development book, you need to come up with a new acronym. That is the only way... That's the way to success uh, is, is is my takeaway there. The other one was... I wonder how many of these habit-forming things you can do at a time. I didn't hear it in the review of, of how many and the concept of atomic habits, i.e. something you do something over a three-minute or five-minute period or whatnot. That's, that's uh, yep, definitely sure, start off small, but how many of those could you actually fit in a day? And if you can only you know kind of fit in five of them mentally, would it not then just be better to maybe go okay well, maybe not atomic but how about mm, micro <laughs> habits and and make them say so that you're doing them for 20 minutes a day or something uh strategic wise I, I'm, I'm curious as to to how that would work out so uh yep uh, atomic habits by james clear a very popular book and juan seemed to enjoy it so there you go mere models recommended from from juan let us get on to now the boostergram lounge so for those who don't know uh i spend spent a lot of effort into this show and Juan does as well and we just request that you send some of that back in a monetary form in particular um and this is the section where we highlight everyone who's contributed to that uh, via the podcasting 2.0 value for value method i do all of this free you don't have to contribute anything back but if you go to uh podcastapps.com newpodcastapps.com you'll notice most of the ones here all of them are in fact were sent through fountain which is probably the most popular of the apps but you can also get castomatic which is ios only Uh, podverse which is becoming better and better breeze if you want to do it on the desktop Curiocaster, podverse also on the on the um on the desktop so many different options you can choose from there in contributing some value back to the show so without further ado this is what some people have been saying about the the stuff that we've been creating so most of these are well all of these are from the last month no particular order we had peter coming in with 2222 a row of ducks quack 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 and he says, seems like good little tips for people motivated to accomplish big things. That is going from the James Clear, uh, uh atomic habits that we had. We also had him commenting on, oh, I don't actually have it up in my little screen show here, but on around the world in 80 days by Jules Verne, I gave it a six out of 10 and he says six out of 10 tough crowd. Yeah. There's something about the, the Jules Verne books that I've, I've read that I've only read two of them, uh, I don't, I, th- I find his characters a bit too unbelievable. They're, they're too, it's, the, it's kind of that stereotype of the mm, go getter, no fear, felt type, type deal. Um, I don't know, there's something about his characters because the, the scenarios that he puts them in and his description of those scenarios I find quite good. Uh, the two books I've been reading, uh, those being Around the World in 80 Days and Journey to the Center of the Earth. Those two, you know, I, I kind of rated them the same six and a half, six out of ten. Um, I think it is the characters. I think that's that's my problem with them. i I just don't connect with them once again, connecting with characters, uh, and another highlighting of how classics, even though I do prefer them in general, yeah you know they're not it's not it's not a guarantee that they're going to be better. We come in now to another. 2,222 sats from Peter and he says, I would be offended if you took these offended people seriously. <laughs> so this is where I was talking about how uh, some people were unhappy with one person, was unhappy with my uh, putting my face on the one of the famous Buddhist monks, uh, Padmasambhava or Tibetan monks, I should say. And yeah, look, once again, I, I, don't, I don't need to rehash that um and i just i I don't want to continue this offense (laughs) cycle can going going on i don't like to do it unnecessarily but you know that i do have certain things that i will and won't do for for people you know i won't create individual mini clips to become a tiktok superstar dancing because that's how you become famous or whatnot like I i don't care to do that and um, but I will create mini clips, for example, for for this to make it more digestible for people who are on the run or on or don't have or maybe maybe they need that extra little prompting to go. Oh, this is actually a really good channel because I saw this little mini clip. You know, I'll 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 do that. <laughs> I'll do that. So thank you very much, Peter. We also have him coming in again. Damn, Peter. Um, I really do appreciate it, mate. Thank you. And he says for uh, for the JD Salinger. 2,222, you seem authentically disgusted at Holden. Correct. And noticed how all young rebellious types are filled with hypocrisy. Mostly correct. I think they, they don't necessarily need to be. I'd say the author was quite effective in delivering his point. No question mark. I I don't know if that's his point. That's that's the problem. I might have to, to read what J.D. Salinger wrote talked about his book after it was released that that might be interesting i didn't think that was the point he was trying to get across per se it was it was kind of maybe what some other people were saying but if i i, I didn't get the if if that was the point of the book to to show how young rebellious people are uh hip, hypocrites and uh you know uncaring uh, I, I don't get why it's a classic then uh, yeah I don't know. That book confuses me, <laughs> for sure. Uh, the last one here, or oh, no, not last one, but another one from this review, and it's nice to see a new name here. We're 100 Sats from Kalamanisan. Kalamanisan. yo. Sounds Rastafarian. He says, I've always wondered why Catcher in the Rye was so popular for young women. I didn't know that either. Uh, I've never read a page of it and perhaps never will. Thanks for the insight on this book. Hey, no problems, my friend. This is the the point of doing these things so that... I can read a shit book, so you, <laughs> you don't have to, um, and read a good book, so I can prompt you to to go and read it yourself. The point of the book review is, I suppose, to create some action for my part. I'd if you're using this and only this to learn more about books, I, I would I would prefer you spent eighty percent of no twenty percent of your time here and eighty percent actually going and reading the books. is 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 my general thing. Um, I don't, don't want this to become a channel for you to not read a book. So, um, you know, with all that being said, thank you for the stats. And I, I do hope you stick around for some of the other book reviews and, um, send in some more booster So I do love this cause it is a one man show at the moment. Peter coming in with the last one, 3,333 stats for this is the commoners air. He says, after stumbling upon Stephen Canella's books, I don't know who that is, so I'll have to look that up, and podcast, I've now been convinced intellectual property rights actually stifle innovation and hurt creators. People and companies are entitled privacy and do have the ability to selectively share information, 100%, that is, uh, I agree with that, but the use of information itself once out there should never be restricted by law. This is what I'm kind of going towards myself. I'm not that fan of a restriction of ideas whether that be through censorship or whether that be through legal manners and i do but i i am a hundred percent of the right for a person to have their own thoughts to say their own things to think their own things to keep stuff private if they wish that to be kept private and i think both of those views are a hundred percent compatible and I'm I'm leaning towards basically what you seem a bit more certain of, Peter than than I am. I'm I'm still I'm still willing to to be convinced that I'm I'm wrong, um, which is a very regular occurrence. <laughs> uh, so that was it for the Boostergram Lounge. Thank you, everyone, those sat. Are I- you? I pretty much keep in the fountain wallet, and I use them to spray elsewhere and, and encourage other creators and and whatnot. So your your are going to a good place. They're um, not particularly in my, into into my <laughs> my well, they going into my wallet, but they're they're being spread on relatively quickly afterwards. So thank you, Peter and Kalimanasan, for for sending those boostergrams in. Very much appreciate it. Yeah, it encourages me a lot to to do these. Let's go on to what's coming up for March of 2023. Well, I don't know 100% because I have got probably 15 books that are sitting at the library waiting for me to pick up, which I will get tomorrow. What I can say is I have done the book review for this, Algorithms for Dummies by John Paul Mueller and Luca Massaron, As you see on your screen right now, this is the the image that will be coming up and they'll be released next week. Uh, so, I've done the book review for that. I also can say for sure that I'll be reading one of these two books, the first being José María Arguedas, Los Ríos Profundos, or most likely this one, El Mundo es Ancho y Ageno by Ciro Alegría. And that translates as the world is wide and strange. Well, the world is large and strange. Uh, those were donated to me, well, given to me, borrowed, lent to me by a friend of mine called Rodrigo, who's uh, from Peru, who actually gave me a very cool Peruvian shirt, which I wore recently on the, the Mere Mortals podcast. Uh, it'll make an appearance on here at some point. Uh, at, um, when I do this book review, that, that will come out. And he's lent me these books, which are, very cool, and I'm uh, much appreciative, and will kick me in the ass to to get me reading some um, Spanish again, which I have been slightly mm, not doing as well because uh, in the modern versus classic debate, the Latin books are uh, they're a bit beneath <laughs> what I've what I have personally enjoyed. I don't think any of them, other than maybe. Um, what's his name? Gabriel Garcia Marquez and Cien Años de Soledad, hundred Years of Solitude. Other than that one, I've eh, I haven't really been super impressed by by their style. So hopefully this one, which is a modern one, will uh, will be good and we'll get onto that. Other stuff, like I mentioned the Benjamin Franklin, I've got yes, more classic works and I will have another two one or two coding Python books that I'll gradually be making my way through through as well so who knows exactly what is coming up and I believe one will be doing a book review of life Force by Tony Robbins at some point probably in March but I can't can't say for sure with that and with that we come to the end of this book recap. Thank you everyone for joining in tuning in. Uh, I do hope you have enjoyed these. this is the value for value section where I now just say. Um, you know, thank you for for sending in support, Peter and Kalasmanis Dan, whatever your name was. It's hard to hard to say, uh, and I uh, I'll get his name right, so I'm not being an asshole. Kalamanis Kalaman Sihan, Kalaman Sihan. Uh, so thank you for for you two for supporting the show. Your encouragement keeps me going and your sats also keep me going. Now, Value for Value is not just about sending in Satoshis. uh, That is a portion of Bitcoin to the show, which you can do through those apps that I mentioned previously. But Value for Value is is taking whatever value you get from this show and just... sending it on back to me in some form now it doesn't have to be sent back at me you could tell a friend about this and say hey karen's got some pretty cool podcasts going on he's got the book reviews one he's got the mere models. why don't you go check out one of those hey, uh, Karen, you, you've stuffed this up. You could use the OBS software in a better way. If you, I don't like these things on the screen, I do like this. I'm always open to hearing some feedback and whatnot. Uh, you could share the show by, by YouTube, via the audio, via whatever manner, in, in whatever manner and way you want. And then also finally, the, the way that I appreciate the most is by sending in a boost If you really want to go leave a review on Apple iTunes or something like that. What I can say also is there's some always stuff in the works. Apparently, YouTube music will now have podcasts in there. There is a podcast tab now in, in YouTube as well. So, if you want every basically a, a replication of the RSS feed uh, in YouTube, you can go into the Mere Models book reviews and, and check out that. I think it'll, it's, it'll probably come under a playlist, but maybe there'll be other functionalities. Uh, I try. At my bestest my darndest to to make this podcast the best possible so um any way you can send that back is very much appreciated so with all of that being said i do hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in this classic or modern world of ours and uh yeah if you do have any thoughts on that classic versus modern debate i would love to hear them ciao and now karen out